Okay, we're live. This is our second time going live on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. YouTube. YouTube too? Yeah. Wow. We're using this really cool service that allows us to go live everywhere. What's it called? Restream? Restream. Restream.io. This is not a paid advertisement. Yeah, so it's really cool. So we're able to go live everywhere. We're really excited about that. And today, if you guys don't know, haven't been following us, then you need to go to the website at alejandrocastanion.com. I'm not going to spell it for you, but it will be in, it's in the description. In the description. There we go. <laughs> I don't plan all the stuff. She does. I just do a lot of the talking. I'm the, I'm the, uh, beauty. I'm the pretty, you're the face. I'm the face. Yeah. Not a very good looking face today though. Okay. So this is, <laughs> this is, um, you are not an artist podcast that we're recording. Um, we've got the mic going on, but we decided why don't we do some of these live um, on and stream it across all of our platforms, just so you guys can feel like, you know, kind of be more involved in what it is we're talking about. And you can comment and ask questions. You can say hi and all those things. So uh, we would love to kind of interact with you throughout the podcast recording. Um, and the podcast itself is just meant to help you know, uh, up and coming or established artists kind of get a little bit more of a uh, journey that's mapped out in terms of what you need to be doing in order to build a sustainable art career, which is what we're about. We we love the idea of, especially now post COVID dish, more people being in charge of like their careers, you know, you don't have to succumb or, or, or just like, you know, roll over for like the eight to five job, right? We want you to have more control over it. So we were wanting to show you how to do that. And all the steps, you know, are, are what for like phase one are already outlined on the website and phase two is what we're doing now. Right. So, so um, just before you go into that, well, I was going to introduce you. Oh, okay. Do that first. Yes. My name is Alejandro. This is Shelby. She is my CEO, my wife, uh, my everything, but more importantly, she is the CEO of Alejandro Castaño and Alejandro Fine Art. And she's the one that kind of does all the behind the scenes stuff while I get to do all the painting. So uh, so we're here talking about what this topic is going to be about, which is talking about the first uh, step in the first part of phase two, right? Yes. I'm this kind of meta at this point, but we're going to nail it down. Yes. Yeah, so we broke down phase. Phase two is not... Um, a short phase by any means, no. the longest phase. Yeah. So we broke it down from, instead of just being one chunk, we broke it down into three different parts. Right. So we're just going over part one today, just kind of talking about it, what it's about, mm -hmm. how to approach it, how to yeah. feel about it. Yeah. And just to catch you up, you know, we, we've already covered phase one and phase one is all about, uh, you know, creating, uh, you know, your skill set, building your community, building inventory, getting to know your creative process. And we cover all that stuff. It's on the podcast, so check it out. It's on the YouTube channel as well and on the website. So the first, let's talk about phase two again in terms of like what are the different parts in phase two in an art career, okay? And we break it down to three phases for a reason. Phase two being the longest because it just requires so much business acumen. Like you really got to nail down how to operate the business. Right. It's like 10 to 30 years long. Yeah, it's long. It's long. This is not a 
No, phase two how to, is long. How to build a business and get yeah. it by Christmas. It's not that. And, I, and I, I prefer the idea of it being longer because I think people nowadays, artists get caught up in like social media overnight success. And they're like, oh, I can get from here to like next year, be like fully fledged, making like $100,000 a year. And then you put all your eggs in that basket. And when it doesn't happen, you're like, oh, I guess I'm a failure. And that's just not reality. The reality is, is that I've been doing it for 10 years and I'm still in phase two. And I want to get to phase three, which is where I can let go of some of the management part of the business and let some so a team of people take over that portion. And I get back to the nuts and bolts, which is the creative part, right? And that's where we all want to get to. And we want to be selling at high amounts and have a really great revenue stream coming through. Yeah. So, but it takes a long time to do that. Phase two is so long. And it's really important that everybody understands that's what it's about. Phase two, it takes a long time because you have to establish all the business management skills and understanding all that stuff. Um, you can't jump right into phase two. Phase one, you've got to do all the foundational stuff. So let's talk about the first part of phase two, which is like launching your business. Cause at the end of phase one is. The end of phase one is fostering your community. That's the last step of phase one is fostering your community. Which rolls right into launching your business. Right. There's no selling in phase one. There's no selling. There's there's no none of that. We don't talk about selling in phase one and we don't want to because that's it kind of spoils the journey early on when you get caught up in the selling. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on from fostering and building your community into phase two, which is the first part of phase two, um, which is launching your business, launching your business, which is what we're diving into. That's what we're going to be diving into today um, on the podcast and on this on these live video streams. So um, there are like there are steps to launching your business and we're going to cover those, but we're kind of taking some feedback from our audience in how we do the podcast and really just try to open up a conversation about the reality of launching that part, you know, what's it like to launch your art business and what are some of the things that happen while you're planning on doing that? And, you know, while also talking about the steps that you have to take in launching your business. Right. So, so and it, while we're talking, if at any point anyone doesn't get what we're, what we're saying, like, like either do a private chat, we'll get it either privately, or if you want to just put a comment on this thread, yeah. Just let us know, hey, I didn't quite understand that, and we'll re-explain it. Because I promise you're not the only one who doesn't understand it. Someone else needs it re-explained as well. So you're only helping everybody. Yeah, yeah. Feel free to ask questions because it's 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 a lot of new stuff. It's a lot of new stuff. Um, we're talking about it from the perspective of actually running a business, right? And that's something that a lot of artists don't talk about when they're talking about launching your art career. And that's the biggest difference between phase one and phase two is we're shifting from I'm an artist. It's like the antithesis of this podcast. It is. It's shifting from an artistic mindset into yes. a business owner mindset. So you're Correct. having to wear two hats now as you're shifting into phase two. Right. Right. Well, I think it's okay for you to take on that idea once you've gone through phase one, because phase one is all about understanding like the soul of like what you're doing. That's true. And understanding that it's not necessarily who you are. You know, it's just something that you do and that you want to build a career out of, but it's not who you are. You're a human being. You're you, right? You're not an artist. And then when you stop being an artist, you're not a person anymore. It doesn't make any sense, right? You're a human being. You're a human being. It's an inside joke. Anyway, uh, let's talk about like the launch. Like 
the first step of launching your business as you're moving out from phase one, um, and we talked about fostering and building your community in phase one being the last step, and you want to continue that into the launch of your business. So let's talk about that. So as you move into phase two, and we talked about at the end of phase one, the hallmark of when you know it's time to shift into phase two is right. when you've sold a piece to someone that is not friends or family. Correct. So you've put your art out there, you've been participating in these live events, and now your art has sold to a collector that has found you through one of your events. So something in your business has led them to you, not Correct. their well-placed pity. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's like through your actual efforts of getting out there, you've sold something. Now, I wanna just share like a little story of what happened to me and how I got into phase two, and I didn't know it. I had started painting and I'd only done like six or seven paintings and I decided to go ahead and put it out into the art community and they got, they sold to somebody that wasn't friend and wasn't family. Okay. But after it sold, I didn't have any more art. And so at that point it entered my mind that, oh, I needed to be painting to sell instead of painting for the enjoyment of it. Cause before that, look, I sold six paintings at once. Before that, and I was painting, I was painting those, I wasn't intending to sell them. I was intending to paint them because I enjoyed it. And I fell in love with art during that time when I was painting those six or seven paintings. And when I sold them, it then entered my mind that I needed to make more of those kind of paintings in order for me to continue to sell. It's gonna be so easy. Do you see how like that can kind of trip you up and, and you get down this road of like, I need to just produce? in order to make money like that was really right it was really backwards i shouldn't have done it that way but nobody was there to tell me nobody guided me told me all this stuff and so that i learned that and and after 10 years of doing that i've suffered i've like i've got to a point where i don't enjoy painting anymore and now i got to get back to phase one which is building up inventory getting to know myself as an artist you know and my craft and so that's why this is so important is that when you get to like building your community and you've sold something after doing all the work of phase one, you're now in the right position, right? You have inventory. You've got a good idea, a great idea of how you create and what you want to be creating. And so now that somebody has purchased something from you, it's time for you to continue to foster that community because now you know who's going to want your work. And that's really important. Correct. So as you're continuing to foster a community, just because you get into phase two, it doesn't mean, oh, right, I get to stop going to art events and I get to stop. Right. I get to stop going out to the community. and Everyone see me too. Like, it's time to ramp that up. Yes. It's not time to like, oh, I've done all the extrovert activities. Now it's time for me to be an introvert again because I've sold. Right. No, that's not it at all. In fact, you've got to do more of the things that you did that you helped you get to that first sale. So we just got a kitten. So she's gonna go check on the kitten to make sure she's okay. Cause we have two boy cats and they're bigger. And we're just making sure. She's over here. She's laying down over there on the, on the couch. Um, so you want to continue to build that community and foster it, the growth. Um, so let's talk, we don't want to go too much into depth cause there's, we're going to go into depth of these each little parts. But just so you know, we are wanting to foster more of that growth and do more of those events going out into the community, um, volunteering, participating in art shows, or just showing up to the art it, show. Oh, and it also is 
showing up to things that have nothing to do with art. That People too. just need to see you. They need to see you. You just need to be somebody yes. that is easily recognizable in your community. So that way, Absolutely. when you go to the grocery store, you're running into like one or two people every time you go out, which happens. It yeah. does a lot. And most and most of the time, we're talking about art. Right. And someone will be like, hey, Alejandro. And I'm like, oh, okay. Another person. And me and Huli think it's just... But that's really how it has to be. If you're going to be someone who's selling art sustainably, you have to be a recognizable figure in your community. So people need to be able to recognize you when you're out. And the only way they're going to happen, the only way that is going to happen is if you're constantly out in the community. Right. And I would say that goes beyond doing art events. Yeah. Don't just do it for your art because then you're just going to be that guy. Yeah. Here's a, here's a little tip. And we're not going to go too much more into depth into this, but just to give you guys a tip. When I first started out and I didn't have any type of artist background, no, no education in art, I was just wanting to figure out how to get this going. My goal in the community was I want to be so involved in the community as an artist that anytime somebody has a conversation about art or an artist in San Angelo, Texas, and I'm not there, I want my name to come up. And, it does. and the only way to do that is to really get out there. You've got to get involved. You've got to participate. You've got to get to know people. You've got to let them get to know you. That's the only way to do that. And, and that's a, it's a great goal to set for yourself. Um, we'll leave it at that because we can go into depth we about it. We will go into it. We'll next, go into depth about lesson, it. Next lesson. Yeah. 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 So, um, so now we're continuing to foster, as you're launching your business, you're continuing to foster and build your community and getting to know them on a personal level. Um, and then uh, after that, you're going to be, is it building inventory? You're maintaining your Maintaining inventory. your inventory. So at this point, the more you get out there and the more that you are working into the community, you're going to start selling things, whether it's your own art or commissions. And you need to make sure you're keeping your inventory at that 100 level, 100 available pieces level. And not only that, you need to keep creating regardless if you're selling or not, because you constantly need to be evolving your inventory. So that means don't just stop painting for like three months or whatever your medium mm -hmm. is. You need to Correct. keep creating. Correct. So maintaining your inventory is vital, whether you're selling or not. Yeah. Constantly keep putting stuff out. Correct. And the launch of your business, you know, it, it it's like any business. You, you have to have enough in, in inventory. Even if you're just doing a soft launch mm -hmm. and you've already sold stuff, you have to continue to re reorder inventory in, in the retail industry, you have to continue to replenish and reorder those things so that you have enough at all times throughout the year. And so that's why maintaining your inventory is so important, which means it's also important that whenever you're in phase one and you're getting to know your creative process, that you know when it's time for you to get on the canvas or on the easel or whatever right. it is your medium is. Um, you have to make sure that you're still maintaining as you're launching your business a schedule where you're creating. Correct. And Super yeah. important. Super important. So then after that, we are, you need to start studying the principles of business and the one that nobody thinks is interesting, except for me, our financials. Um, so at this point, you've got to get really familiar with business financials, P&L sheets, um, how to understand profit margins. Yeah, let's, let's kind of like touch base on each one of those because I feel like if you're going to do a little bit of research on your own, and we're going to go in depth. We're going to have worksheets put out. We're going to show you how to understand all these things. This is just an overview. This is just an overview. 
But if you want to do a little bit of preliminary like over research on your own, uh, P&L or business financials covers your what's called an income statement. Sometimes they call that a profit and loss statement. Um, but you have to know what that is. You got to know what your profit and loss is in the business. Your profit's going to be how much you're making after you've already paid your expenses. And, you know, and your losses are just going to be, you know, what you're losing after you've invested a certain amount of money and you're waiting for your business to grow. So uh, understanding that is really going to be able to tell you a lot of things about your business and help you make good decisions. Okay. The other thing that you're going to have to understand is your balance sheet. And your balance sheet is really just your assets and your liabilities. So what you own, like what you actually own, whether it's cash or property, not stuff that's that you're paying off. Okay. That's liability. Your liability is all your debt. So you have to know with a balance sheet because it's going to tell you where you currently stand at all times during your business. You can pull your balance sheet at any time and it'll tell you what the health of your business is. Is it in the positive or is it in the negative in terms of the grander scheme of things? So uh, profit and loss statement or income statement, whichever one you want to Google, you can look those up. And YouTube is a great place to look up those things because there's so much information about understanding it. It's really great. And then balance sheet, Google that, look at the definition, watch a couple of videos and you have a better understanding Absolutely. of your finance, your business financials. And it's, it's really critical because as you get better at managing your business, you have to get better at managing the money. That includes your personal finances. Yes. Which is not sexy. And no I'll let one, you, I'll let you talk about that. No one wants to talk about. <laughs> so as successful as your business is, if you don't have your personal finances logged and you're running, you don't have to be running a zero sum balance budget, but as if you have to know how much money you're spending every month and you have to be bringing in more money than you are spending, otherwise your business will never grow. You're just going to be running it into the dirt yeah. and you're going to be like, where's all this, where's all the money going? That is like one of the biggest topics that I think is completely overlooked in the art industry and in art advice that I've, I've rarely ever come across when I found people that are like doing consulting work and stuff like that. It's mostly about the selling. That's what I've seen in terms of consulting, like how to sell more of your artwork that doesn't help you if you can't control your spending on your personal budget. And so understanding your personal finances, are going to be critical to you being able to grow your business. Because if you're under an amount of debt in your personal finances, well, you sell a painting for like, let's say a thousand dollars, you're going to look at that thousand dollars and you'd be like, Oh, I can, I can put that toward my, you know, paying my rent. And that's already almost all of it. And then you're like, and then I can, you know, have a little bit for me. What part of that thousand dollars are you going to be using to grow your business? And, you know, like if it's all going to your personal, at what point does it get to build your business? And it's very seductive to be like, this month I will take care of me. Yes. It's so, I used to do that all the time. And then three years later. Yes. I used to do that all the time. I fell into all the traps. There's no trap that I didn't fall into as an artist over these last 10 years that, you know, um, that ended up hurting me. Like I just... I, I fell into all of them. Uh, and so that's why it's so important to have these conversations with artists, especially if it's an uncomfortable one about your personal finances. And it, and it is, it's uncomfortable, but I can tell you that when you master it, you find freedom, right? You find peace, which is what we all want. 
We want, we want freedom to go do the things we want to do and not be tied down to the things that we feel like we're, we're, we're obligated or because of our insecurities we're tied to because we don't know how to let go. So understanding your personal finances as well as your business financials are going to be critical. And we're going to have worksheets for all that stuff. We just wanted to touch base. So you guys have an idea of what it is we're talking about when we're talking about financials. Yeah. Okay. So moving on. Is that okay if we move on? Do you think we need to cover more? No, if we, no. Keep, we keep covering it. We'll be <laughs> we're going to lose people. For four hours. We're going to lose everybody. They're going to be like, forget this. I don't want to talk about this stuff. <laughs> this so we're going to ease you into it. Too much triggered. It's too. I'm triggered. I'm so triggered. <laughs> I just want to paint something, sell it, and I want to go get like ice some cream. ice cream. Yeah, thousand <laughs> dollar scoop of ice cream. Um, so the next thing you have to decide as you're launching your business is: Do I want to operate as a brick and mortar? Or do I want to operate online or both? And the reason why you need to have that, you need to answer that question is because if you go into launching your business without having an idea of how it's going to operate, meaning where can people find you, then you're just going to be like holding on by the seat of your pants and just hoping that things work out. And you won't have a website. People will ask you, where can I see your work? You're going to be like, um, like I have it at the cafe. And they're gonna be like, well, how do I contact you? Oh, I have a personal Facebook profile. You can friend me. No, that is not a business. And nobody's gonna take you seriously enough in order to buy more of your work. You might get lucky, but nobody's gonna take you seriously. So you have to make a decision. How do you wanna operate your business? And the easiest way to figure that out is if you're gonna do a brick and mortar, it's gonna cost you more money. So, you know, the best way to figure it out is just figure out what your startup budget is. How much money do you have currently to invest into your business? If you're looking at, you know, maybe like, sorry, we were looking at our cat. If we're looking at like, let's say $500. Let's say you have $500 to launch your business. Can $500 cover the first, the deposit on your rent or if you're gonna, how you're gonna show your work, if it's gonna be in brick and mortar, how are you gonna cover the rent if you have only $500? And a lot of people will say, well, let me go get a business loan. Well, in order to get a business loan, you have to have, uh, financial projections, a business plan. You also have to have assets and money in the bank. So that's a big if on the business loan. But if you have $500 to start your launch, your art business, doing it online might be the better way to go. So you have to look at where you're standing currently to figure out, do I want to do a brick and mortar or do I want to do online? And it's okay if you start online 100%. and move toward a brick and mortar eventually. And it's, it's really important to know that whether or not a brick and mortar business will succeed is where you are. Yeah. And how many people, how many new people are going to be coming into that business continually? doesn't matter if you have a million dollars. If you're in a, if you're in a town where your niche doesn't click with the people who live there and the same 50 people go through your store every yeah. month, it's not going to translate. Yeah. You're not going to translate into sales. That's, you know, that's part of the marketing part that we're going to get into later is doing a market analysis. Really in, in a market analysis sounds heavy, but it's not as crazy as you think it is. Doing a market analysis is just to figure out what your market is. Where are you and who are the people that live there? And is there a demand for the kind of artwork you create? And if there isn't, well, then maybe online might be better because obviously online you have the it's, ability to it, reach everybody. It doesn't mean change your art to fit your town. It's not what it yeah, is. don't do that. I did that. I was like, oh, let me paint more Westerns because I live in a Western town. And, and I sold. I sold. And I continue to sell. But it's not me. 
it's not, you know, like, do I know about Western Shore? I, paint, I Me and my dad used to watch Westerns all the time and they're great. But is it enough for me to continue with my passion and, and, and put it in that direction? No, eventually it taps me out and I'm just like, I can't paint another Western or, you know, okay just lose it. I'm going to lose it. And Starts. it's, it's, it's not fun. So don't paint to the market that you live in. Um, you'll burn out. You'll burn out. So try to figure out what your voice is. And that's why phase one is so important because right. that's what we talk about in phase one is finding your voice. And then when you build your community, they will find you and, you know, and you can even target them to a certain extent later on. Mm -hmm. And that's where you'll be able to find that balance and that happiness of like what I create people want. But if you create for what people want specifically, then that's where you get into this trap where you're like your soul slowly starts to kind of like get peeled and eaten away. And then you're it dries you're, up and blows away. Yeah. You're just left with nothing. Like yes. So, um, so that's why it's so important to figure this part out. You know, what do I want brick and mortar or online? And so we'll get deeper into the we weeds will with help that. you really dig through that yeah. question later but yeah. that is something that you're gonna have to decide yeah and if you have questions about this stuff you could always private message us you know i i did a a one-on-one -on -one call about a week or two ago with an artist from uh los angeles and it was a great conversation that we had and we covered some heavy stuff we were talking about anxieties and insecurities and you know when i had my gallery um and i had it for almost 10 years I was so ready to let it go, but because I felt like it defined me. It was your identity. It was my identity. And I didn't want to let it go because if I felt if I let my gallery go, then I was going to be letting go of myself as an artist. And I struggled with that and I suffered. And every painting that I sold went to paying all these bills at the gallery. And I never really got to see any of the fruits of my labor, sort of say. Sure, I had a gallery and everybody knew I had one, but it was like, that wasn't making me happy. So when I let go of it, because I was like, it's time to move on, it really like allowed me to paint a little bit more freely. It's I still had a lot of stuff to work through, but I was happier for sure, a lot more, less pressure. So, you know, those are the conversations that have to be had whenever you're ready to make a decision like that. It's better if you figure it out before you jump into it. Yeah, yeah, agree. Yeah, don't do it for insecure reasons. Don't don't think you need a brick and mortar. Because if you have one, it'll make you more legitimate artist. It's not. Nobody cares. I mean, sure, people care, but they're not going to look at it and be like, ooh, you know, he's a better artist because he has a gallery. They're going to look at your work. And don't and do it because your mom will be like, but it'll be so cool to bring my friends to. Yeah, it's not a thing. Don't do that. That's not cute. Do it for good, logical business reasons. Okay? All right. All right. Then it's time to get the government involved. Oh, boy. The man. That's right. The nobody likes Luna. nobody likes the man. Uh, everybody tries to avoid the man. Every artist that I've spoken to, for the most part, likes to avoid <laughs> the man. We're all inherently anti the man. Yeah. That's what makes us artists. But but let's let's cover what we're talking about. We're talking about actually registering yeah. your, your business. Okay? Becoming a legal business entity. Yes. And the reason why that's so important and so relevant to talk about now is because of what happened with COVID. Okay. 100%. So let me kind of give you guys just an idea of what how important it is to operate as a legal entity and and how that impacted artists basically in 2020 and early 2021 okay what ended up happening during covid was a lot of people lost their jobs and lost their lost their income especially small business owners so what the government did was like we're going to help support by putting out these programs where you can apply for funding 
whether it was paying it back through a loan or getting the money and then and then not having to pay it back, right? We won't get too much into the details of what those programs were, but they existed, okay? And to an extent, some of them still do. The only people that could participate in those programs were small business owners that had actually filed their taxes as a business, which means you had to have a Schedule C on your tax returns for the last like three years and you turn that information in so you can qualify for these programs. But if you never registered your business and reported, you know, your income on your taxes, then you can't participate. And I had that kind of conversation with a few artists that were like, how do I get this money? I'm like, well, what's your tax return look like? Where's your schedule C? And they're like, I never filed. And I'm like, well, then you don't get any money because you're not a business. You're not operating as a business. You're operating as a hobby artist and not reporting your income. So you don't get to play. And that's a hard thing to talk about because a lot of artists depend on that income. But because they didn't report it, they didn't get the help. So that's, that's a big check. That was a big check. Let me tell you, I had talked to a few people that actually did do the work and registered and they got money and they didn't have to pay it back. It was nice. It's like tinkering. And the other part of that is whenever you're uh, like applying for like artist grants and like, um, what's called an RFQ or request for quote. There are, there are entities, whether they're private or city or organizations, they'll put out a call for art artists to do like a project for them. Like whether it's a mural or a public art project or an installation and they've got a budget. Well, in order to apply for that, you have to have an EIN number and you have to meet some of those basic requirements. So again, that's another example of why you need to register your business. Correct. So, and we'll go into depth of what registering your business will entail. Obviously it has to do with taxes, but it goes a little bit deeper than that. And it's it, a lot of artists, a lot of artists avoid this step because they're like, I don't want to pay taxes. Okay. We are aware because we also have to pay taxes and it does suck, but there is a way to configure that into your prices. So that way you're just the channel in which the money's moving. You're not having it stolen from you. You're just getting an additional 15 percent. Look, and you're moving it over yeah. to them. If and you, it's not yours. If you're worried about paying taxes, the United States has one of the lowest tax rates for small business owners in the entire world. Places like Denmark, Germany, uh, the UK, they pay so much in taxes but they also get a lot of support. They also get a lot of support by paying their taxes. Um, so it's kind of a give and take. Our, we pay lower taxes here and we get minimal support. We do get a little bit support every once in a while, but not as much. So you're, you know, it's, you kind of have to look at it from, you know, a bigger perspective. You know, the, the taxes are important to pay because they do pay for a lot of the fundamental upkeep of living in the United States and living in a city. And, but it also makes you eligible for a lot of projects and programs to help you when everything falls apart. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes artists did just get so overwhelmed with the idea of having to keep up with that stuff that it's like not even worth doing. But I can tell you it's not as complicated as you have people have told you or what you think it might be. It's not that complicated. And we're going to lay it out in a checklist. Yes. We're so. going to show you in a checklist. It'll be downloadable and you guys can use it to kind and of figure out. literally go through and be like, did it, did it, did it. Yeah. And then you just that. 
So that's the that's the final step in launching your business. Um, but we'll go yeah. this again. This is an overview. What we're going to do is talk a little bit in more in depth about the marketing aspect of launching your business, promoting the the announcement that you're going, you're officially launching, and how to attract people that way, as well as building a following. And you know, even if you wanted to let's say do a launch at like let's say a physical location and how you can find those oh, and, yeah. and rent it out for a day or two like that's definitely a thing and we're going to talk about that okay. um but uh what were you gonna say i was gonna say so the so the plan is with fate with part one we're gonna be breaking what we're talked about this episode we're gonna break it down into five mini lessons okay so each of the five steps we just talked about the next five weeks will be about each of those steps. So right. we're gonna break it down in excruciating detail to where you're like, I understand it too much. Yeah, but it's a good thing. It, you want to understand all these fundamentals because it's going to make you so much more successful in the long run. And less reliant on people who were wanting to squeeze yes. money out of you so that way you can pay them to do it. Yeah. You can do all this yourself. Yes. You just yeah. don't know it yet. I, I, I'm a firm believer that if you get this nailed down first, if a, a gallery approaches you, you will have the option to say yes or no and not be like, oh, I need them. Don't get me wrong. I think galleries are great. They, they definitely are necessary in the art community. They really do allow artists to like showcase their work in the best light. They've got great venues that are beautifully set up to show your work. But you shouldn't be dependent 100% on galleries to help you create and grow your business. That's your responsibility. The galleries are just a piece of the puzzle of the overall scheme of things. And whether you want to include that piece in it or not should be your option, not right. your only go-to strategy for creating your career. Right. Because if you're just relying on that, then you're going to find the galleries that are going to yeah, take you'll get advantage desperate. of you. Yeah, there are things called like vanity galleries where they'll like they'll solicit artists to pay them to show their work and pay a commission. So like rent out their gallery for however much. There was one in the Hamptons that reached out to me like six years ago. And they're like, if you pay us $5,000 for the month, and give us like 30% of the commission, we will showcase your artwork to all the people in the Hamptons. It sounds like the spam emails you get. And it was alluring. It was early in my career and I was like, ooh, somebody wants me from New York. Like that's that's such a cool thing, I'm gonna be in. And I thought I seriously considered it at that time. And it was, I'm glad I didn't do it because vanity galleries. They just prey on baby artists. They who just don't yeah. know, who don't know how to help themselves yet. Which yeah. is why we are so adamant about giving all these tools because yeah. You are fully capable of doing all this yourself. Sure. And you get to keep all the money. And you get to keep all the money. Which is not. That's huge. That's a big piece. <laughs> so, uh, and by the way, even if you are in a gallery, you still have to pay your taxes. And they get a 30% to 50% commission. Sometimes higher, depending on where you, where they're located. So just remember that. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk more in depth about that when we start talking about each one of these steps by itself in depth like going real deep and having some really great conversations about it. Yeah. Anything you want to say? Wrap up? That was, that was pretty good. That was really good. Yeah. Um, just that if you aren't familiar with the formatting, there is a corresponding blog and YouTube video mm -hmm. with this podcast um, that we'll link all that back mm -hmm. when we get it all put up. 
but there is more material on this so don't feel like i didn't understand the podcast mm -hmm. trust me we have more and more material yeah and if you still don't understand it message us because yes. we could talk about this all day yeah. we do talk about this all day we do we talk about it all the time and when no one wants to listen to us yeah. we tell the cats so yeah we're happy to talk about it with we do we talk about it all the time and it's a growing trend like the idea of a sustainable uh business for yourself that's creative and you are not is, responsible to an abusive employer yeah and you don't have to go get a nine to five you know well you maybe at the beginning you have to have a nine to five but you grow it to the point where you don't have to have a nine to five anymore is a thing this you is can a, have blue hair and work in your pajamas yes and sleep until one travel and no one can say crap yeah you can do anything you want and that's the kind of business that we're trying to create ourselves as well by following these steps as well as helping others do it for themselves because and so we all gotta escape yes the matrix yes we've got to get out of this whole like idea of this the is that that you have to have uh, eight to five or nine to five and you know you've got to kick in a 401k like that's i get it that's what our parents did it's what our grandparents did but things are changing and if you don't have the tools to like take control of what you want your life to be like then you're just you you're just going to be in this like you know state of like i guess i have to live in the city forever and I guess I just have to be in this job forever, and that's going to be my life and my existence. Oh my God, that just sounds like for me and for a lot of creatives, I think it can be torture. For other people, I think it's fine. But you know, if you're that kind of person where you want more control of your life and to do things you want to do, right. then this is what's happening in the world. People are wanting sustainable jobs, sustainable careers, where they're in charge. They're in charge, and we're also they're more conscious of like how it's being operated yes and yeah absolutely you can you don't have to work for a corporation where you're like i don't feel like i'm selling a good product to people or i don't feel like we're taking care of the environment or, if that's important to you you get to control that right or that they don't care about you because you know one day you can be fired and they'll you know if your position is that expendable they'll just find somebody else and nobody wants to live in that kind of state so no one yeah no one should but. no one should so that's why we're trying to give these tools out to people. Yeah, we're all, we're all about it. We're all about that and helping you guys build your art careers. We just want to make sure that you know the path that you have to be on because a lot of people don't know. They don't know where they are. Oh, that's the one thing I want to leave with. Okay. Before we finish, there was the artist I was talking to in LA has been, we've been working with her for a while and she said something to me on the phone that was really interesting and we hadn't encountered it before, which was the idea of these three phases. And the three phases just are a path for you to understand where you are as an artist, right? And she told me, she was like, what I really valued a lot about understanding these three phases is that because I was in phase one, had I not known I was in phase one and somebody asked me what I was doing, she she said, I didn't know what, I wouldn't have known what to say. I would have just been like, well, I'm kind of like creating and. I haven't, have you sold yet? Oh my God, that's like the worst question to answer when you're starting out. Thanks Aunt Judy. Yeah, <laughs> right? Like family's the worst when they're like getting something going. Have you sold anything? Have you made any money yet? Like that's a lot of pressure to, to answer those questions when you're first starting out. And because we outlined the phases the way they are, she was able to answer that question very specifically with, I'm currently understanding my creative process, building my skill set and my inventory. And she was like, I felt so empowered whenever somebody asked me that question yeah. that I was just like, 
I felt so good after that conversation when normally I would have felt terrible that I felt like I was in control. And when she told me that, I was like, that is like one of the great things about understanding these phases that you're able to talk about where you are in your art career or, you know, whatever creative career you're in and not feel like you don't know what you're doing. These three phases allow you to understand what you're doing, why you're doing it and what you're going to do next. Right. And that is so valuable and empowering for artists. And I was so happy to hear that from from somebody we were helping all the way in California. And I was like, this is something we need to talk about. More. Absolutely. It gives you a it gives you a language to talk about what's happening to people who don't know how the business works, but they want to be supportive. But they're like toxic. Yes. You can say that. You could be like, I'm discovering my creative process. I love that. And to what would you say tox? Toxically. Toxically helpful? supportive. Oh, toxically supportive. Yes. I'd love that. That's a thing. Yes. You can be toxically supportive by always being checking in, being like, did you sell anything? What have you sold? Have you sold anything yet? That is like, oh, like that is the worst. You know, there's nothing worse than feeling the pressure on yourself to have to sell. But then when you hear from somebody else that they're expecting you to sell too, oh, that is the worst. And then it spills over to your art. But if you can say to them, oh, I'm developing my creative process and understanding where I am and what my style is. I was going to shut it, Judy up. Oh yeah. They're going to be like, Oh, they know something. They know everything they're doing. I don't know anything. I'm going to eat. My and it's true. Now. And it's true. People that are not in an art career or artists themselves that assume to know what you're, what you're about and what you're doing in your art career, they don't really know anything. And they're only trying to be supportive because they think they know that's what's supposed to be happening. So they don't know how to be supportive. They don't know how to be supportive. And they end up being detrimental. Yes. So this helps people say, it helps people defend not only themselves to that person, because really we don't care. It helps people feel valid when people ask those questions. Because rather than going home and self-deprecating, being like, maybe I, maybe I should have sold right. it, you can tell yourself, they don't know what they're, they don't they know know what they're, they're talking about. Yeah. I know I'm in the right phase. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was such a great conversation I had with her. And it was, we had a conversation about it afterwards and we felt so great because it, it's really what we're trying to do. We're really trying to empower artists to feel good about their careers and what they're doing. And they have a, a goal and they see the light at the end of the tunnel and they're just like ready to just tackle it. And they know exactly what they need to do. Right. Yeah. Cool. I think that's a great way to end the, podcast yeah. yeah cool and now we're just gonna we're just going to sit here for about 10 minutes and do a meditation yeah we'll do a meditation we'll do a slight meditation play with our cats um well join us next time because we're going to be diving in um to are we just going to do the second part of the next week two? we are going to be going in she's control of all the organizing of the day <laughs> next week we're going to go we're going to hard dive into continuing to foster your community and start baby stepping into marketing. Yes. So baby, baby steps. And she is going to be going off to Vermont. I'm going where she's going to be gone for the summer and I'm going to miss her so much. So, but we're going to continue this remotely. We're going to be doing a call in and we'll still be able to do the video and the podcast, obviously. But she's going to Vermont to work on a farm because she's going to be a veterinarian and she's getting all of those skill sets in 
and it's going to be amazing. We can't, I cannot wait to see what's going to happen over there and what you're going to be doing. It's going to be so incredible. So, but we're all going to miss you and we can't wait for you to come back in August. In August. In August. Okay. Yeah. So we'll see you next time, guys. Thanks for joining in. Remember to subscribe and to share the podcast with your artist friends, especially it's, if they need it's help. It's free. Share it with everybody. Yeah, it's free. All right.